everyone, it's Pepper Pursley here. I am honored to be um, moderating a panel today with um, some of my mentors and some of my friends um, who are all black women in sports media, and I'm just super excited. I've been wanting to do something like this because I stand on the shoulders of these women. Now today with me, I have got some amazing guests, um, starting with Cindy Brunson, and we've got Arielle Chambers and Dorothy J. Gentry, Rosalind Gold on Wude, and Megan McPeak, and Christy Winter Scott, all amazing black women in sports media. And I'm super excited to get started with you all. Thank you, Pepper. Thank you. Thank you. Pepper. Precious. Thank you. Well, thank you all for joining me. I'm honestly so excited to have you all on today. And I'm so excited to be able to just learn from you and listen to your experiences. So hopefully this can benefit me and hopefully this can benefit some of our listeners as well because I know you all have overcome so much and are better for it. Well, let's start off. I don't know if any of you know the social media trend, how it started, how's it going? But if any of you are, feel comfortable answering, how did it start and how's it going? Yeah, so um, I guess I can take it. Uh, Pepper, when I was young like you, my dad, he was a mass comm professor at North Carolina Central University. So I would be in his classroom right alongside him, um, actually helping him grade the test for the students. So I had a, an affinity for journalism when I was in elementary school and middle school, but I didn't know I wanted to get into it. But my best friend, Lakivia Boykin, who actually played at Wake Forest, so shout out, Christy. Uh, I, um, so my best friend, Lakivia Boykin, um, she was really, really good in high school. And so I would write for the school newspaper and yearbook, and I was the copy editor for both. Um, so I got my taste of sports journalism there. And then fast forward to my professional career, I was actually a professional cheerleader, and a couple of my friends played in the league. So I would take my cell phone out and not wait for people, but I would take my cell phone out and put it up in their rooms and record our conversations and post them on YouTube and I got discovered. And so that's, that was my journey through um, sports journalism and just falling in love with telling women's stories and being intentionally on the women's side. Well, that's so cool. And I have, I feel a special connection to that because my dad is an English teacher and before this crazy pandemic, um, after school, I would just stick in his classroom and watch him teach and do my homework. So I feel definitely a connection to that. And if anybody else wants to go, go ahead. I'll jump in. Roz, Roz has got to get in on this. Oh, go Roz, go Roz. Me? Okay, well then I will. Let me jump on in. <laughs> I take lessons from Roz, so go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, I can point to two things. So how it started. Um, one story I can even say includes Cindy, but I'll go even further back before I get there. So um, how it started. I mean, I came from playing sports in college, as you know, Pepper. I played at Stanford. I know that's one of your favorite uh, programs. You talk to Tara Vanderveer often. I've seen your interviews. Um, well, I knew around my junior and senior year that I was kind of interested in broadcasting. Um, my initial how it started wasn't necessarily on in media or on camera or even speaking. I worked at the school radio station as a production assistant at uh, KZSU and I, um, I helped book talent and helped um, the actual broadcasters like prepare their show plans. And um, I taught a public speaking course, which was getting me closer to getting on air. And then eventually my like where it started moment, um, gostanford.com. So all of, my, all of my opportunities started in digital, Pepper. And I did everything, either streaming or little interviews. At the time, it might've been Andrew Luck, you know, after a football game, or, um, you know, I did get a chance to call softball games. Um, I gave my shot at volleyball. Um, and that's kind of how it started. And then even after school, some of, I, I did a lot of odd jobs trying to get into the business. Um, Stanford had a recruiting website and I wrote for it um, about upcoming football high school prospects for Stanford University, the bootleg, I think. Yeah. And eventually I finally got a chance to audition um, for an actual network. And this is where Cindy comes in. Um, this is my, a little bit later. Those are my where it started, but I'm going to include Cindy here. I actually had an opportunity to audition um, at ESPN 
Um, and Cindy was the lead anchor at the time, actually. And she was gracious enough to give me some time to help audition me and be the co-host. She didn't have to do that. So she basically like, I was her co-host and she was leading and I tried to get in there and um, be an anchor. And it was an amazing experience. Cindy, thank you. And um, I'll never forget it. Needless to say though, I didn't get it. Um, and I, I didn't, I, I tried a lot at the beginning of my career to get in on ESPN. Um, and I got a lot of, um, especially around women's college basketball, I got a lot of, you got talent, but you need more reps, you're raw. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember being frustrated, but you know, it, I just now got hired by ESPN. It took me 10 years to finally get, you know, a yes from them. So uh, yeah, I guess, yeah, that's a real how it started and where we are now story. <laughs> Full circle. Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't know that you and Cindy had that connection, but I'm so glad that we're able to have both of you today because I'm super excited about that. Um, well, let's see. Chris, you were about to jump in before Roz wins, so why don't you go now? I will go now. Thank you, Pepper. And what an honor to be here with everybody and the voices that are, are being shared today. I, I think it's really outstanding and commendable for you, Pepper, and, and definitely keep going. I'm super proud of you. Just wanted to start with that. But for me, I definitely had the, um, the younger sibling tag and everything that you think about when you hear those two words, younger sibling, that was me to the fullest. My brother is only 13 months older than me. I know. And I didn't know that was that close until I had my own children. And I was like, mom, like, okay. But anyway, <laughs> he was like four months old and then here I come. So um, anywho, but when we were youngsters, like seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, um, he would always be playing in, um, in the backyard. We had a hoop and friends would come over. His friends would come over all boys. And um, I wanted to do everything he did. Like I wanted to be what he wanted to be for Halloween. Like I wanted to do everything. So I'm tracking behind him and he wanted to go play ball. I was like, I'm going to, and he's like, Oh my God, like mom, get her. And I'm like, I'm walking right behind him, but I'm like 10 feet behind. I'm not like right with him, but I'm like 10 feet behind. So I'm like, definitely his shadow. And he hated it sometimes. Sometimes it was fun. And sometimes he was like, geez, like, let me live. Um, but um, it, it really started for me during that time because, you know, I was getting my shot blocked into the, the grass, into the garage door by all of his friends. You know, they're out there like this is some girl out here playing, you know, trying to hang out and whatever. Let's just get her out of here kind of thing. And like maybe she'll get discouraged if we, you know, block her shot a couple of times and, you know, get her frustrated. And I was like, nope, I kept coming back, <laughs> kept coming back. And um I learned my, my patent, which it was named later on, my patent turnaround jumper came from there because I had to do that or I would get my shot blocked at 10 feet down the street. So I, I learned my turnaround jump shot there. And then they were like, somebody check her. And then everybody started getting mad. And I was like, oh, I think I'm on to something. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. that, that was where it started for me and the passion and the, um, the competition of getting a bucket on somebody. <laughs> That's where that came from for sure. Um, and then um, when I went to Maryland, um, major uh, fast forward there, but my junior year, we went to the, um, the final four, we were in the regional finals. We were at Texas. We were the fourth game of the day, nine o'clock game. And Cheryl Miller was calling the game. And I loved me some Cheryl Miller, like flat out favorite player, um, her passion for the game. Like she would be more excited about her teammates scoring. I remember on the Olympic team and she was just shoving into her teammates who, who just scored an and one and bumping into them and just like, you know, played the game with so much fire. And I just love that because I felt like, you know, I, I loved the game the same way. And there was someone who was displaying it and not that I was very outwardly, um, emotional like that, but I think it was, or outwardly passionate like that, but I think it, it kind of gave me permission to be just a little outside myself in that way um, because of how she played the game. But in the warm-up line, I couldn't even, I couldn't even really warm up because I would, you know, we're layup line, you know, you're trying to get loose, you're smacking hands with your team. And I would look over at the table and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's Cheryl Miller. Oh my gosh, it's Cheryl Miller, <laughs> you know? 
like the entire time. So I was like freaking out about that. But um, I think that gave me the connection to how I could stay close to the game after I was done playing. Mm -hmm. So I think playing with my brother and his friends like gave me the, the competitive fire. Um, seeing Cheryl Miller in that role as a black woman sitting courtside um, calling the game. Um, I think that was that was an amazing moment as well. We made it to the final four that year, which was another thing. So I'm like, oh my gosh, we made it to the final four. We cut nets in front of Cheryl Miller. So it was like this whole <laughs> major moment for me personally. But um, I think she gave me the motivation to to want to go into broadcasting after that. And, and it was different than Roz. I know you said, Roz, you were a lot of, um, a lot of your stuff started digital. I was before that and it was tough. Um, I used to cut my own stuff, used to edit my own stuff on Avid and all that back in the day stuff. Um, used to go out and do packages. I was working for free um, at a lot of um, cable access stations here in the DC area and, and then just got linked up. Um, you know, you have to make your wishes known. And people knew that I, I was interested in getting into broadcasting. I had great mentors in James Brown, Michael Wilbon, David Aldridge, Robin Roberts. Like they stayed in my in my ear um, and saying it's not going to happen just like that. You know, you have to do the legwork. You have to get the reps, like you said, as well, Roz. But I think just staying intentional with um, with wanting to do that. And, you know, my husband's like, you know, it's not really happening for us right now, you know, do you want to still do that? I'm like, absolutely. And it was almost the same feeling I had when I was getting my shot blocked all the time. And I kept coming back, you know, like it's not happening right away, but eventually you're going to get the turnaround jumper to go. And, <laughs> and that's kind of what happened to me professionally. So that's how it started. And that's still how it's going. Well, what an amazing story. And I feel like for me, like the way that you look up to Cheryl Miller is kind of the way I look up to all of you. So that's a great example. Um, anybody else wants to jump in now? I'm all yours. Well, just to touch on the social media point, and that's why I was like, you have to talk to Roz, because uh, she is the queen of social media. Uh, I was old enough to know that Twitter really didn't get going until 2006, and I was really feeling myself at ESPN at that time, hosting SportsCenter and whatnot, um, and ESPN at that juncture was not warming up to Twitter and was not um, cognizant of how big it could be as a social media platform and information sharing. They didn't even want to put our Twitter handles underneath our name on the air, which now everybody does. Um, but what I found was, I'm gonna just do this and see who's out there and see who's listening. And what I discovered was that it was a fantastic platform for connectivity for women's basketball, that there were so many underserved fans that were just so thirsty for any morsels of information that we could put out there as a network at ESPN or just as individuals opining, can you believe that Natasha Howard isn't with the storm anymore? Those kind of things. So um, that's, that's where I thought, all right, I, I've really got to get my act together and forget that sometimes I need to wear my glasses to see my phone because I got to stay <laughs> active on social media, whether it's Insta or Twitter because of the power of connectivity with our wonderful fans. And that's kind of funny because my entire life, like social media has been- I thought you know. Those words have So like all of this was a thing. And so it's great to hear from you from like before that. And so I can kind of learn the journey of social media. Because yes. I social media for everything for my job pretty much. Like nobody would see any of my stuff if I didn't have my Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook account. So like, I'm so glad that you were able to touch on that. It's yes. brilliant, yeah. Pepper. And oh, go ahead. you know, it's, it's really a great approach you're taking. And when I speak with like young people um, about trying to give some advice, you know, it's usually just get started. You know, there's, even though all my opportunities that happen on TV, started in digital um you know like one of the good things now is there aren't even like before if you wanted to go, get on tv someone literally had to let you in there's so many gatekeepers not just someone some yeah. older white male had usually to to Say that. On TV. yeah mm -hmm. facts and i feel like 
I feel like, um, and there are a few of those positions. They're highly coveted, but there's not a lot of them. So I'm really thankful that at least when, when I was coming up, there were digital opportunities because no one had to give me a yes to get on and start you know, creating my own content or uh, creating a voice for myself and a platform using and realizing that my voice actually is the platform. And I'm really excited for you because even more so, um, you know, there are so many ways to use your voice, build an audience beyond just digital now. There's social opportunities. I mean, you're already doing it at such a young age. By the time you reach our age, you're going to have quite, uh, and that's Oh, she's got her own Facebook. Let's just say it right <laughs> now. Completely, completely. <laughs> you know? So it's, I think the biggest thing is like the advance in technology took away some of those gatekeepers and gave us maybe un, unusual routes to get in and speak. Don't think for a second that that's not what ESPN recognized now. Your talent has always been there, Roz. It mm -hmm. was the gatekeepers that were still waiting, but you exploded to such a point on social media that you could no longer be unnoticed. So that's all on you. I saw the talent years ago and I told my bosses, just like I told my bosses about LaChina Robinson, they were afraid to put her on the air. Yeah. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. She is amazing. Give her a, a no lie, hand to God. Oh, I don't know, the braids. I literally heard that in a conference room. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. This oh is because we're cutting our own nose off despite our face. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so if you put yourself out there and make yourself such a phenomenon, people can't say no. And so credit to you, Pepper, because you're doing yes. just that. Thank, Thank you. You're doing well. Following with CVL, and I just put out one more thing, especially because people, people don't realize how fast journalism is changing. When we when Roz and I were back in the locker rooms with our cell phones too, people were looking at us crazy. I mean, <laughs> I would be next to like big cameras and I'm over here like a selfie video with a player. And it, it was really, really frowned upon. But what you're doing now, the same way with Roz is just telling you it's ahead of the curve. And you guys have the luxury of you're getting, you're raised in it. And so the next app that will pop, just like TikTok is now, there's going to be another one and you're you're growing up within it and we're looking to you guys for answers. So you're going to be the mastermind behind all that. Linear is because- you. <laughs> <laughs> And so when it comes to personal branding, keep doing what you're doing, but do something that you can maintain too, because um, with my work with Turner, they, they expect the hoop. They expect the red lip or brown lip with a heavy lip liner. They expect the curls. And, and, and that aligns with me. So it's, it's often what you can bring to the table and what they can bring for you um, because your brand is, is worth something. And, and people see Dish with Pepper and they're like, oh, yeah. we, we yeah. want her. She's great at what she does. And the company is going to be looking for you as you. So just don't ever get lost in, um, and this is, this is my my opinion, don't ever get lost in what you think you need to be. Um, present yourself as, as you're comfortable with and you can maintain. And then somebody's going to be like, yes, I want her. Well, thank you. And I think at this point for me, what I've learned, like, of course I'm learning from you, but I just want to share this, this one thing, um, that what I've learned so far is that like a lot of the times there aren't kids there. And so one of the things that I say a lot is that like I don't I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing if it wasn't for the for being able to like see myself in what I'm doing. But like then when I really think about it, I'm like that first person for like other kids who are like, Oh, I can't have a career at nine years old. So like now that I really think about it, it's like I'm doing everything that I say I can't do. Beautiful. You can and you are. You can and you are, Pepper. You can. Yep. You are the blueprint, Pepper, and the blueprint. You are it. <laughs> that's right. And you will continue. That's the thing. And that's that's the perseverance piece. Yeah. And that's the, the thing that I was telling you about how when I started, like it was, and I'm talking about with basketball in general, like you have to stay persistent. You're not always going to get a yes. You're not always going to win games, right? There's got to be a lot of learning in, in that process of it all. And it's, and it's the journey. That's what the late, great Kobe Bryant said, right? It's the, the journey is the dream. And that's exactly what it is. I mean, I look back at everything and it is about, you know, each of the steps and, and not the, all the wins. And, 
you know, as a coach, like I co have been coaching for years and years. And, you know, I remember the losses more than I remember the wins, you know, um, I think it's just, you learn so much more about how to get better, how to persevere, how not to hang your head and walk the other way and say, forget it. It's, it's about pushing through and continuing. And I think where you are right now is, is phenomenal. It's phenomenal. But I think the mindset to sustain you moving forward is, is going to be that resilience. And I think if, if anything we learned from 2020 and, and now with the pandemic is to persevere, you know, and, and not turn and walk the other way. It's to keep pressing on, keep rowing the boat, keep pressing forward. And, you know, and it's not going to be easy and it's, and you don't want it to be, you don't want it to be handed to you. You want to earn it. You want to be able to press forward, be told no, and, and find another way to get it done. And, and that's what you're doing. And I, I just think it's so incredibly inspiring for all of us to see you do that. Um, and I think that it's not just inspiring for us, but like you said, Pepper, for, for other kids your age, you know, don't, don't take yourself out of things before you try. You know, I'm a mom of three. It's like, eat your peas. Well, I, I've never had peas. Try them, right? Everything you have to try it. And then you learn what, what you can do, what you like and what you don't like. And, you know, it's the process of elimination that way. But I, I'm just so incredibly proud. You must be incredibly proud of yourself as well for standing up with yourself and, and saying the things that, that you're saying to yourself now that you have persevered and, and you have found the platform for your voice. Thank you. Pepper, are you, are you, are you hearing and taking in what these women are saying? Because when I met you at mystics practice and you were telling me your story about the bullying and everything that was going on. And then the conversations I had with your parents about your school, and how they weren't supporting you and you had to keep asking them for different things and different support and wanting to do different projects and wanting to have conversations with your class about things that were going on in the world and in the country and you made along with your parents a really tough decision to switch schools and completely leave all those kids and go to a place that you felt was right for you and was the best place for you to thrive and to prosper. And you're now getting able, you're, you're now getting the opportunity and the support that you were looking for your old school. You're now getting it at your new school and your teachers are embracing who you are and embracing what you wanna do and embracing the fact you wanna teach your classmates about the things that are going on in the world and what we saw and have seen with racism and police brutality and women's equality and everything that we're seeing, that is all you. You did all of that because you didn't like the situation you were in. You took something and you changed it and you're doing it at nine. Like, are you, are you taking this in? Do you actually sit and realize what you have done in the past two years for yourself to make mm. yourself better and feel better about who you are and where you should be? That's right. That's great. Like most nine-year-olds don't even know what they want to do for extracurricular activities, 20, 25 year olds. you've changed the game. <laughs> 30 year olds. <laughs> I'm still trying yeah. to figure out what I'm going to have for lunch. Yeah. I want to piggyback off of what Megan said quickly and just say that you believe in yourself and your gift and look where you are now at nine years old. So you're an inspiration even to someone oh. like me. Yes. And last thing. Okay. 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 You go. Um, you go. You go. You go. <laughs> at business school, you learn when you have a white space, you, you just need to problem solve. You you see a problem out there and you face it. That's just that's the formula. And you saw that there was there was little coverage and you wanted to enhance that. You wanted to occupy that space. So by you figuring that out before 10 is just mind-blowing. Yeah. So keep doing what you're doing. I know we're going to get to more questions, so I'm not trying to like overstep on how, you know, keeping a tribe around and all this other stuff, but we'll get around to it, but just, just know that you figured out what they teach you at Harvard Business School with finding a, a, a white space and occupying it. Yeah. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to pop into because since we're giving um, Pepper flowers, I just want to say one thing that has always impressed me about you, and then I definitely want, I'll make it short so that we can get back to your program, but um, you are so, so much more than just a kid reporter. Like I've definitely worked for teams and they've definitely brought in like a cute kid to come in and ask questions. And it kind of feels like a, a really nice moment 
Mm -hmm. uh, maybe a one-off, maybe I see them once a year. Your consistency yeah. is so impressive. Yeah. You're a real, you're on the beat. You yeah. come and, and you don't like, you don't even see yourself that way. You see yourself as an actual reporter. And I actually, I, I watch your videos to see how the people you're interviewing respond to you. I, I want to see if they're doing baby or if they're doing, you know, real. And yeah. one, I can't, I can't lie. I, you know, I keep bringing up Tara Vanderveer, but I enjoyed watching her video with you because she didn't do a, oh, Pepper. You asked her a question and she was like, well, Pepper, you know, uh, whatever she was complaining about. So whatever stars, she was like, well, Pepper, you know, that's a problem. We got to get better at that. It was just respect as a, as a colleague in the space. And so that's so impressive for nine. And this isn't like, you know, and you just keep coming in there being serious and building. And one day I'll be very, very old when this happens, but you're going to be like, you know, a 25-year-old vet with, you know, a decade of experience or more, you know, more than that. So that's what I wanted to point out, that, that you're very serious about your business. Thank you all. I mean, <laughs> thank you. Oh, so cute. <laughs> that's okay. I mean, one of the, I, I usually hate being cute, but like, but I, like and what's Girl. Okay, no, while you can, yeah. <laughs> do it while you can. Don't grow up too fast. <sighs> I'm worried about these lashes, you guys. Come on now. <laughs> They're thriving now. <laughs> the funny thing is, like, one of you right now, I mean, I keep, thank you all again, but one of you just said that, like, you're doing all this and you're not even 10 yet. And it's funny because my birthday's in March and I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to be 10 so soon. I'm like, I've already done all this stuff. So I'm just- How do you feel about 10? I'm kind of surprised that it's already happened. <laughs> and like, double my age, I'm going to be a freshman in college. It kind of sounds crazy. And I'm like, but fourth grade, it's, 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 it's so, it's four. And now I'm like- and in, in like double my life, I'm going to be in college already. So it's kind of crazy, but double digits is big. I'm, I'm really a big birthday. <laughs> Ten is great. All, all the decade birthdays are, are great. Not, not that I've had like a lot of them. No. <laughs> well, all I have. And they are all great. <laughs> But every decade is like a, a fresh slate and it's, and it's very inspiring. Like every, every 10 years, you know, you just kind of take stock of, of each decade and, and take what you love and, and apply it to that, that decade that you're approaching. So. Sorry guys, I must have run these towers. So um, Pepper, did you, do you want to take us back to your program or just kind of flow it? Yeah, uh, well, I, I had some, a couple more things that I wanted to touch on. So, but just starting, like, you're all successful black women in sports media. Like, what it, what, what has it been like? Like, what challenges have you faced as black women in sports media? And, it, and I, I'm okay with a general answer, or if you feel comfortable, a story of overcoming these challenges. Just like, what would you like to say about that? Anybody can start. Let Dorothy go. Dorothy, go ahead. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry, my computer was going out. I had to get myself together. Um, the question was about, say that again, I'm so sorry. Um, uh, that, that's totally fine. Um, just like um, as black women in sports media, like what challenges have you faced in, in, the, in the realm? And if, if a general answer is okay, and if you feel comfortable just sharing a story about the challenges that you've overcome. Um, I think I think the biggest challenge is fighting the perception that you don't, spoken and unspoken, that you don't belong in that space of sports media. At least that's what I found. I'm more a print journalist. I write. I'm not on camera. Uh, I do. I'm, I'm a writer. So when I cover, you know, games and things like that, it's kind of like a this is for the boys type of atmosphere. Um, kind of what do you know about sports? How dare you? You know, and it's not spoken, but you can see it in the facial expressions. You can see it when you ask a question. Uh, it's like they're judging the question um, that you're asking, um, kind of like you don't belong. And I've been in the business for a long, long, long time. Um, 
you have to make sure that your questions are on point, that you know what you're talking about. Um, that's a challenge. Um, and I don't think other women um, share that burden of proof, I guess you could say, a burden of proof on their backs, prove that you belong in this space. Uh, it's exhausting. You know, um, so in my opinion, I think um, that's one of the biggest challenges is just kind of proving that you know what you're talking about. You know the NBA or you know the WNBA or you know the NFL or you know hockey or you know whatever, the, that you know sports. Mm -hmm. The burden of proof, that's a challenge. I'm gonna piggyback off of Dorothy. It's funny because I am a little bit younger in this space and I come from what people think is a social background. I'm actually a writer. That's where I came from. And before I was a writer, I was uh, with local news stations in North Carolina doing production. Um, so people don't realize how equipped I am and my degree has it to back. But because I'm like your homegirl from around the way, I think that people might misinterpret that as like my credibility not being where it needs to be. Um, my biggest pet peeve, I don't even know if it's a struggle, it's a pet peeve, is if a player tells me something and I cross-check it three or four times and I tweet it out and then people, <laughs> are you sure? Uh, or colleagues being like, can confirm. I don't know what it is about the can confirm that really just sets me over the edge, but it's, it's crazy. Uh, one player movement happened when uh, a player was really excited, texting me, was like, hey, I want you to break this. Can you like, tweeted out, tweeted out her movement, and then it was just the back and forth. But I thought, but I thought, and it's always the, the second guessing the black woman. It's always the second guessing the young journalist. And this has happened to me at least five times each season for the past like six or seven seasons that I've been covering the WNBA. And I'm like, as a black woman, it's discouraging to me because I'm like, how much more? I ain't, I call Megan all the time. Like, Megan, I'm about to jump off a building, not figuratively, like not realistically, um, because it's so frustrating to me how I worked my way up from the ground up, developed these relationships, developed these this, like reputation with the front office and the staff, but it's still, uh, when I present information, it's discredited. It's, it's almost like if I complete, be completely candid, I just kind of want to go back into my shell and just tell feel good stories instead of doing investigative journalism or breaking news because at what point do you say, I don't have to deal with this abuse, but that's the importance of keeping a tribe around, whether it be like me calling up Megan or Roz being like, girl, let's, you know, chill and kick it in, like get our mind off of it. Or just seeing Christy and how she's moved in those spaces or seeing Dorothy's face and media scrum or just seeing TV just being great. It's, it's like, you have to keep good people around you to keep you grounded in that because it can be a toxic environment, women in sport, black women in sport, black person in sport, um, being young in general, that's like, and I'm third, like, it's, it's still like that. So just making sure that you're very confident in the news that you're delivering, you're equipped and prepared. Um, you know, the game in and out. And so nobody can check you, even though you don't necessarily have to explain yourself to anybody. Um, I always come from a standpoint of instead of proving the haters wrong, prove, you know, your supporters and yourself, right. So take your passion and sprinkle it on to different people. Not everybody's gonna get it at all, especially because you're of color, especially because you have the natural thing going too, especially because you are younger. Um, but if you keep your, your tribe close to you and, and know what you're standing for, um, you won't have to worry about anything because in that particular case, with that last player movement, I didn't respond to anybody. I was like, y'all gonna figure it out on your own. I've had people I thought were my mentors, but, but not my black women mentors. People I thought were my mentors, um, retweet something and then recant it and then DM me and be like, hey, sorry, I just, I don't know if this is factual kind of thing. It's, it's been very like troubling for me, but just keeping that good tribe around and knowing that you, you are enough, <laughs> you are educated, you are equipped, you know the game and nobody can get, get past you in that way. I'd love to piggyback off this because I'm encouraged and heartwarmed by uh, what everybody has said to this point, especially Ariel, with having connectivity with a group of people around you, aka a tribe, that's going to lift you up because this industry can tear you to pieces. Um, I'm discouraged by the fact that it hasn't changed since I started in 1999 at ESPN, where I could walk into a room and be as studied and ready as everybody else, and it just didn't matter. And it, it could have been because I buy a bra, it could have been because my skin was brown, it just, the sexism and the racism was there. 
And the fact that it hasn't abated is frustrating, but to Dorothy's point, if you come prepared, if you know your stuff inside and out, every time I speak to college classes of folks interested in journalism or broadcasting, I'm like you have to know your least favorite sport the best because you are gonna get an opportunity to cover that sport and you have to be ready. And there's no reason with everybody walking around with a cell phone that's basically just a big old, you know, font of information that you can't be schooled up on anything and everything. So come fact-based, knowledge ready, so that nobody can question. I'll never forget, I had an opportunity to do a breaking news story on SportsCenter. This is, I'm well into my career there of 13 years, 2007, 2008, and some big pitcher had been traded. He was a former Cy Young Award winner. He happened to be on my fantasy team, so I had his numbers right off the top of my head, and my producer was like, are you sure you can handle this? I'm like, yes, I think I can say Zach Grinke won a Cy Young Award here and is now going there. I got this. So, you know, even in it, I was still tested. So um, just be ready for that because clearly it is still an issue. Um, And just know that you can trust in yourself and and keep pushing. Um, Megan, have you run into this? I mean, yeah, but more so from the standpoint of growing up in Canada, it's a little bit different. Mm. Um, so like you only have one, you have all these hockey teams um, and I'm like the least Canadian person ever because I can't stand the sport. Um, <laughs> it's also a bowl of racism next to the NFL, but that's a whole other conversation we can have. Um, but it's also, there weren't any and I'm like, I'm not even exaggerating. There were no women of color and very few women that I can remember growing up watching, you know, sports television in Canada. Mm-hmm. So I always had to look up to men because there was no one that looked like me. Um, the closest I could get was when we were lucky enough to get a, you know, Saturday or Sunday ESPN Sports Center with Robin Roberts on. And that didn't happen on a consistent basis. That was only if we were lucky. So I sometimes saw her, I sometimes didn't. So growing up in a country where they even now in 2021 want to act like racism doesn't exist, uh, even though it still does. And especially in sports, like I was trying to do something that was basically uncharted territories. I was throwing myself into the ocean covered in chum, waiting for the sharks to just dive on me. And I did it without looking back. Um, And I'm glad I did because now at least, even though I'm in the US now, like there's at least someone who looks like me that, you know, young girls can look up to. And now, you know, a friend of mine is the first black woman to anchor sports center for TSN. Um, Other than her and I, it's her it's literally her and I in -hmm. sports television that are Canadians or on in Canada Mm -hmm. um and now that I've moved it's basically just her so it's still just one we were like two for a moment and now it's back to one which is insane so it's it's kind of just like like Ariel was saying like you have to keep the right people around you like I've I've cut people off with zero regard for their feelings because if you're not with me you're against me so I don't need you in my space I don't need you in my bubble I don't need you in my circle because you're not going to do anything to help me you're going to do anything and everything you can to actually counteract what I'm trying to do and essentially try to take me down and I don't need that and I don't want it so um I've you know cut my circle down and it's very like close-knit people that I know I can trust and if I can you know go to them when I need to vent and just get it off my chest and then move on from there. And it's frustrating because, you know, this past summer, Cindy and I were both up for the same job. Mm-hmm. Neither of us got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we still are fighting for the same thing that Cindy has been fighting for since before I even got into the business. And that's disappointing. And to Cindy's point, it's discouraging as well too, because we're, 
even now still looking at things happening where it's the first female doing this and the first female doing that. And Mm -hmm. we're in 2021 and we're still, we on this call are not surprised by it, but the rest of society is surprised. Like, seriously, this is the first female doing something like first woman to do an, like to do the Super Bowl as an official, like that took forever. Right. Not surprising. Right. We still don't really have female officials to my knowledge in the NHL. I don't think there's any. No. And it's 2021. So it's like, like, what are we doing? The first time in an NBA game, we had two female officials officially like it's 2021. So it's just, it's really discouraging. But at the same time, this group that's on here, along with the countless others in our tribe that we have, we're doing everything we can to change that. And that's the encouraging part. And to that point, um, it goes back to my big picture deal of it's the folks who are making the decision. I'm looking into MBA programs so that I can be an executive and make the hires because that's where the change is going to happen. Yep. It's, you know, I feel like as I get closer to what I think might be my expiration date as a television personality, just because we're not sure that nobody wants to look at an 80 year old Cindy Brunson on the sidelines of anything. Um, I mean, if you still look like this at 80, girl, come on. <laughs> right, snatch, don't play. Don't play, these two both did not come to play. For me, it's, it's where is the power? Why do we keep yeah. running into these walls? Yeah. And for me, I have, come to the conclusion that until I am in a boardroom and am a decision maker, because I remember at ESPN, it was a group of eight, eight people made the decision of who got to do what, and all eight were older white males. Mm -hmm. So until that changes, we're not going to get the opportunities that we have busted our behinds and have earned to get. So that's yeah, I mean, that, that's what it is for me. Um, so for, uh, my goal is to get the MBA so that I can get the job, so that I can hire you when you are ready. <laughs> How about that? I love, I love that. I, I'm going to go ahead here with um, but the struggles that I've seen. I think that, I mean, when you are passionate about something and you, you want to share that passion, just like I was saying about how Cheryl Miller just displayed this high level of energy and passion for the success of the team, right? Um, Magic Johnson was another player for me who I I look to in that same way, um, just because he found more joy in in what everybody was doing. So I think just being on this call, number one, is is something that it feels the same way for me because, you know, you do something, Ari, I'm I'm chest bumping, I'm high-fiving, I'm boom, boom. Megan, let's go, like, boom, let's go, Roz. Let's, hey, Cindy, let's get this thing. Pepper, let's go. Dorothy, let's let's get this. I just feel like I, I, I am a part of the team in that way. Um, and if I'm not, let me know, because I, I that's my total personality. I, I, I love that. But I think, you know, the best advice, you know, that I always give everyone, including myself, is, is that, you know, you're not going to prove yourself to, you know, the people who are hiring, those eight people, Cindy. You're not going to, you know, you don't have to prove yourself to, to these other people, these outside entities. I think for me, it's, it's always been to prove myself to myself. And I say that all the time, um, you know, as a coach, I coach high school and coached in college for, for years, 10 years or whatever. But I think, you know, you're always going to have, if you have any level of success, number one, you're always going to have people who want to discredit that success. Yeah. And I've, I've talked to Vivian Stringer, C. Vivian Stringer. I mean, the iconic um, C. Vivian Stringer has coached for 50 years, <laughs> which is insane, right? She always said, especially when she was at Cheney, you know, an all black school, and she had to bring this team um, through it and, and go to the final four. They didn't have money to travel. So they're going around to churches and, and getting the support. And she always said about that team, like we always had to be 20 points better, mm. like leave no doubt, leave no doubt. So the 20 points better on the court that translates and correlates to me as being 20 points better in the business of broadcasting yeah. in the business of media, you always have to be better. Um, you know, my dad was a minister. So, you know, my mom, first lady, they were always decked out, always dressed up, suit and tie everywhere. The only time I didn't see my dad dressed up was when he was cutting the grass. Any other time 
to the grocery store, suit and tie, everywhere, suit and tie, to my game, suit and tie, mom dressed up. So I think I always dress up. So when I go to games, I'm going to cover NBA games, call NBA games, WNBA games, college games, whatever. I'm not going to go there any other way than what I learned <laughs> as a, a young woman was to, to go in and, and be 20 points better. And whether mm -hmm. I'm overdressed, if some people say, why is she so dressed up? Like, I'm not concerned with how you are evaluating how I am in this space. Mm -hmm. I am there to prove myself right. I am there prepared. I am there with the passion for the game. Yeah. I am there because I've earned the moment. I am there because I want to have people like Pepper see that it's possible. Mm -hmm. I want to represent myself in the best way that I know how to represent myself as a mm -hmm. professional. And I think, you know, if, if all of the people who are interested in getting into media have that same notion, I mean, the sky is, is not the limit <laughs> and there's no limit. I think that um, you always have to have that kind of mentality of being a competitor in a fierce manner in, in all ways. And it's, it's your brand, you know, Ari, like you said, like, you know, online, you have uh, your branding online, Roz, you have like the social media piece that, that Cindy was talking about how they just could not deny you the opportunities because you have proven yourself to yourself first. And now there's no denying because like C. Vivian Stringer said, you're 20 points better. Mm -hmm. So there's no, there's no reason, there's no reason to, to cut the opportunity short or to not give the opportunity because you have earned the moment. And I, I, you know, I will always live by that. I will always advise that way. Um, I will always give, you know, our student athletes, I will always give our student athletes the, that kind of advice. Mm -hmm. um, you know, no one gave our team a chance this year. We lost all our starters and then we ended up ripping 11 games off in a row to make it to the championship that no one thought that we would go to. So it's like, it, but, but it's a mentality. It, it's the mentality. And I'm not taking X and O credit for that. It's a, it's a mindset. And I am a hundred percent, um, uh, knowing that that's the fact of it all. And it's how you approach everything and how you approach anything is how you approach everything. And, and that's just how I want to continue to live. That's how I want to continue to share. That was awesome. Christy, it's not my husband thinking that I'm out there every day to win the imaginary best dressed award. There is a facet of that that is true. I always come correct on the sideline, just uh, not to pay respect to myself and my hard work and what's going on, but mm -hmm. to the coaches and players who have busted their behinds to put yep. the product on the floor. Yep. My coming correct wardrobe wise is an absolute nonverbal applause for what they are doing. That's so, right. And I also think, you know, when I've been in clubhouses for Major League Baseball as well, if you are well appointed, your credibility automatically goes up a notch mm -hmm. next to the white guy who just decided to put on his khakis and a polo. So you, you are always, like Christy said, trying to do that 20 points better and your wardrobe, how you comport yourself, how you carry yourself is mm -hmm. a big piece of that. Absolutely. I'll, um, I'll answer too, um, since everyone has about what they've gone through um, and what they've experienced. Um, first of all, Christy, I could run through a wall after you speak, man. <laughs> it's like, she need to be my coach. <laughs> I feel like I can go play again. <laughs> but um, basically Pepper, I mean, I echo what many, what many of the sentiments these women have spoken about. Um, you know, whether it was Dorothy talking about people doubting, maybe feeling a need to, to have you prove that you have the knowledge or you belong in the space. Um, on the other side of that, there might be proving what you're not doing in the space, that you're, that you're serious um, being there, that you're not just trying to like go to, go to games or, you know, have fun or, you know, that you're a serious person in, in the space. And that's an, that's an unspoken burden that I think um, in particular black women walk with. 
um, like, you know, are, are perhaps even white women or, or white men or, um, and men in general, these are things they go to work pepper and they don't have to think about that. They just get to be and like, just go in there and uh, with such confidence that, you know, they'll be taken seriously. Um, another thing I'll point out too, and I think it's the policing of black women shine. And, you know, whether that you've heard Christy and Cindy talk about, you know, uh, why are they dressed up? Who would ever ask why somebody is dressed up to go to their professional job? And like the conversation we have to ask or the attention we pay to, you know, black women's hairstyles. I'm so glad we're seeing more braids and natural styles and curly hair and all this and that. But it's a conversation we have to have because like, it, there's a magnifying glass on us, you know, is, and is she doing too much? Um, is she taking it a step too far? Is she too happy? Is she too, you know? And so I think that um, there's just some kind of like added, and I, it might be something to understand even as you get more experience to know what I'm really saying here. But like, I know, I know that you, uh, it comes with experience, like to know that people are policing how you move. And so the last thing I'll say on this too, Pepper, is um, I, I, I can't, I, I don't want to speak for everyone here, but I can speak to my experience. There's also a lot of great things about being a Black woman in the business too. And um, I definitely think that there have been moments where, or much of my career where I've benefited from it. Um, and actually I probably got into the most comfort zone and flow of my career once I leaned in on being me. And, um, you know, I don't think that you're going to be put in a good position to, to be successful if you feel like you have to hide yourself. I've never felt that way. And I think partially that comes from having played basketball, been an, I came up as an athlete. So I always felt that I was part of the story, (laughs) right? Like, I felt like, you know, like, that's because you were Pac-10 right. player of the year. <laughs> well, what I'm saying is like, as a journalist, you know, we, we try to bring out the, we try to like almost be uh, invisible in some ways to bring out the best in others. And I think that that's the, the right approach, but also to not lose yourself, like who you are as a person and what, who you represent for and all of that. And also like, who you decide to interview, what stories you decide to, to, to tell. That's the ownership and like the voice that you can take when, when you like, you know, continue to write or share your stories. So basically, I also think being a black woman has helped me in spaces where like uh, working with NBA players or WNBA players, I felt like there's been a bond I've been able to have at times that I've been able to lean on. Um, so I don't want to scare you. I definitely didn't want to scare you to tell you like all these things are tough. They are, but I think some of our best strengths, you know, too, come from being a black woman and, and in the voice we have from that. That's yeah. true. Oh, I want to bring that up. Oh, no, go ahead, Eric. Um, in 2018, I think it was 2018 women's final four. Um, uh, this was back when I was still trying to prove myself to like, uh, the ESPNs of the world. Uh, and I, I've always had natural hair, but I was putting this wig on. It was a horrible wig. And because I was always around the players, like I've been doing NCAA for, I think about five or six years at that point. And Morgan Williams came up to me in the middle, actually in the middle of our interview, she looked at me and stopped it. And she was just like, why do you wear this wig? Literally in the middle of like, we're recording. She was like, why do you wear this wig? Cause you know, they know me from, from when I'm like, you know, off, off camera. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? And that was the last time I ever wore my wig. Mind you. Nice. I had these curls under it. And she was just like, why do, why do you hide yourself? So it's that, it's that benefit of like having that eye-to-eye moment with, with these players, them seeing themselves in me and me seeing themselves, um, myself in them and being able to check each other, right? To be like, you can make it as yourself. And that was a really, really big wake-up call for me. And then fast forward to the WNBA All-Star that year when Liliana the little girl who went viral for standing in front of the Jordan brand poster, um, met her. She put my credentials around her neck. She was only four years old at the time. And the next day her dad was like, Ari, all she could say was daddy, she has hair just like mine. So just knowing that you have that representation right there. And if Morgan hadn't told me that and just be yourself, Ari, I don't think that I would have had that same response 
from the general public. And I'm really, really proud. And so now I see my, my sisters on TV, like, see you rise, just rocking you the way you are. I see the China over there. I've never been so proud. I see Christine with her bald head on, on ESPN. I'm just like, this is so dope because we're able to, to, to represent ourselves as we are. Megan wakes up and decides to chop all her hair off. Go ahead, sis, you know? <laughs> it's like so beautiful to see us coming out and breaking the mold because, you know, I, I tweeted this the other day, blackness is in monolithic and womanhood is not monolithic and so we can represent ourselves like christy her blowouts are everything impeccable impeccable and if i knew how to keep upkeep myself i would be doing them too dorothy you're cute like it's just like it's these things that you can just you can be you and just exhale and then have the players to check you you have the audience the, the public loves rawness they love it they love you being authentically you so you have the public to check you and, and keep you uplifted so just be looking forward to that just presenting yourself as you are and, and having your peers and, and your mentors to be able to like keep that confidence in, in you being you. And Pepper, you're on your yeah. journey at a perfect time because in my uh, 25 years plus in this business, I don't ever recall the connectivity and sisterhood being at this level. No, nope. I agree. Nope. Yeah, I mean, this, like Megan said, we were up for the same job um, 10 years ago. I don't know that I'd reach out to her and say, hey, how did, how did it go for you? Uh, because we were so, I got to get mine. And so yep. laser focused and, you know, just looking at the micro and not the macro. And now um, it's so different and it feels so much better. Um, so I'm, I'm excited for you just for that, Pepper. Yeah. I think I'm you're right. Yes, yes. Absolutely. You know, like I've never met Megan or Christy, but I know we're always go girl. And, you know, yeah. like Ari all the time, you know, just that camaraderie, yeah. that connectivity, as you mentioned, that we're all into the corners. We don't even really, we've never even really met in person. Right. Um, same for you, Pepper. We're all in your corner. Yeah. We got your I back. Could have, I could have used you guys when I was standing next to Hannah Storm doing Sports Center, feeling bad about myself because I look like I actually ate three meals a day. <laughs> So, just know that. <laughs> uh, that's something. But yeah, with, with, with the hair piece as well, I think it's like, you know, it's what makes you comfortable. And I know like Ari, what you said, and I've, I've experimented, but not, not uh, to no, the It's a journey. It's a journey. Don't do it. Like from, from like August to a couple of weeks ago. And the only reason I, I went to go um, get my hair done is because it was Michelle Obama's um, salon from the inauguration. And I said, I'm going mm -hmm. and I went mm -hmm. and I'm like, good. Um, but that was, I did that again, like for me, that's for me. Like if I'm doing my hair a certain way, that's not to please somebody or to fit into some box or something like that. That's because I want it like that. And that's, yeah. that's for me and, and take it or leave it. And you can talk about why I do it if you want to, but I don't have time. Like I've found that that people who are are successful don't really talk about other people. Yeah. Have you noticed that? Yeah. It's like people who are doing what they're doing and doing it well, like they're not there's there's no evaluation coming out of their mouths. Like yeah. they're on their own path. They're doing their thing. Yeah. Like they're not like looking for something to pick off of uh, or pick down on someone who's who's doing something well and i just you know if that's what you want to do that's what you do and kudos to everybody being themselves and i think that's the bottom line do you boo and be yourself and and be your best self like there's there's nothing like that and whatever that makes you feel like then you have to go ahead and, and crown yourself sometimes with with what you want for yourself and that self-love piece pepper i'm gonna tell you what you're nine and you've discovered so many great things about yourself so early, mm -hmm. but boy, the self-love piece, I'm there's nothing like that. Yeah. And when you are out there in your walking, your purpose and continuing to walk in your purpose, the way that you are, nobody can tell you anything about what you need to do for yourself and why and, and how and whatever, you know, who you are already. That's right. And that is so inspiring to so many people. And it's just amazing, but don't forget that. You know, the self-love piece. Nobody's going to love you like you do. At all. Don't get that piece. At all. Whatever yeah. makes you happy, you go and do that thing. Yes. Do 
do that thing. Pepper, it's definitely, it's definitely like, you know, who you are, that's going to help separate you and make the difference. And I think Cindy brought up a good point too. Like the, the, like the atmosphere for being yourself certainly has opened up and become more receptive mm -hmm. to that. So we're not gonna um, be dismissive of like how tough it was to be yourself maybe just 10 years ago. Um, you know, I even for me, when I was, when I was coming up, it wasn't necessarily um, encouraged to, there was a certain way to sound, a certain way to talk, um, you know, and, and I've always kind of made a conscious choice to speak like myself. And I think it was, it also came like with um, just maturity as a woman. I think my career evolved with my personal maturity and confidence in myself and my identity and what I'm about that I started to express myself um, in, in little ways, um, you know, whether that is, you know, visually through my hair, which is typically just an extension of how I'm actually wearing it, usually in protective styles or braided or curly. I change it up a lot. Or I, I came, became a little more intentional um, when I was doing uh, like national games, just understanding I wanted, like, I wanted us to be seen in a really bright light that, you know, like even African outfits, Ankara, or like, you know, um, our hairstyles belonged in those lights. And, um, and then now I'm thinking more, I think now as I try to think about like, what is the way to further ex express your passions or your voice, I think about the control of the content and I'm much more um, thoughtful now about like, what are the stories I'm telling? As opposed to just being happy to be there in the space, you know, perhaps I'll try to pitch a story about like, you know, in the, I remember in the playoffs, I've told the story in the playoffs, um, we could have just easily told a story about like, you know, a player's comeback from injury. And still at, instead I pitched 76ers were playing the Raptors in the, I don't know, second round of the playoffs. And I pitched, hey, there's two guys from Cameroon, you know, two African stars facing off the pipeline. And, you know, this is so rare to see something like this yeah. and um, was able to pitch that. And I'm not sure if it wasn't me in that, in that position as the sideline reporter, that that story would have been asked to be told as the first opening story to open the national game. Yeah. And so that was- It wouldn't. God, you don't need to guess it. We both know it would not have happened. <laughs> you know, so like you might feel like you're you're in, in the grand scheme of a three hour game. That was a 45 second hit. But that's what I had control over. And that was my contribution. And now I consider that when I try to ask who am I going to interview or what story am I going to tell? That's my voice. That's my platform. And that's me oozing through it without it even having to be uh, you know, aggressive or overly noticed. That's mm -hmm. how you impose yourself into it. Yeah. And that. Just one sentence, one sentence to add to that um, or to compliment that. Um, we have a perspective that nobody else has. You literally are the culture. Black women mm -hmm. are the culture. People mm -hmm. of color are the culture. So be like Ross, if you have this, this idea of something, maybe not everybody will get it. Tell it anyway. That's mm -hmm. all. Just tell it anyway. Tell it anyway. I would love to continue to hear from all of you for probably the rest of the day, but honestly, I'm feeling like, oh, it's, 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 I want this to be Friday now so I can go on for my entire long weekend listening to, um, <laughs> but you know what, um, I, I'm really upset that we have to wrap this up, but I just want to say thank you again to all of you for joining and for sharing your perspective. Like never before have I really felt so like belonging, I guess, that like I'm able to just like I, I know that there are so many black women doing this, but to have like six of you in one Zoom room, I guess, like to be able to hear from all, all of you in one amazing and special hour, I think that I've, I've learned a lot from you all today. And I'm so grateful that everybody was able to join on. I am super thankful that you had me on, Pepper. I had heard so many great things about you and every one of them was true. And growing up just like you did with um, you know, one black parent, one white parent, when I was growing up, we were called swirls. There was no biracial, there was no, oh, she's black. You know, you didn't identify. It was just yeah. like, 
up little nicknames. So the fact that, you know, I see you in me, I was your age, but instead of eating Play-Doh, you're a media mogul. So good for you. <laughs> Thank you. And I just want to say, keep looking up because that's where it's at. Keep yeah. doing your thing. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Press on, press on, Pepper, and, and continue to, to take that torch and sprint with it. Sprint with it. You have what it takes, and you will continue to change the game. We are so proud of you. Yes. So proud. You just You're keep going. Proud. And we're and we got your back. So you know, you know how to all reach. these aunties around you, Pepper. You're not <laughs> oh, there. So proud. You know how to reach me. <laughs> well, honestly. I'm, I'm at a loss for words. And I just want to thank you all for doing what you're doing, firstly, because you all have said, oh my God, Pepper's amazing doing what she's doing. You are all amazing doing what you're doing. So thank you for, 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 for being yourself and for, like we talked about very specifically, for, for not need, feeling the need to straighten your hair and for keeping it natural, like for those things, you know? So thank you. Hey, Pepper. You're welcome. Thanks, Pepper. Hi. Thank Bye. you. Bye, everybody. Bye, ladies. Nice to see y'all.